Hello. Welcome to another What Is Now experience. I'm Charles Freely, and I'm here with my good friend, Saket Brisby. If we had to be categorized, we're both investigators of consciousness, with training backgrounds and professional experience in the world of psychological and spiritual healing. Each of these sessions is an adventure of the present moment. Saqib and I begin each session by sitting in silence for one minute and then simply see what arises now. We have no plan, no prepared material or concepts to cover, but are placing our trust in the wisdom of this right now experience. This is an expression of our shared philosophy of healing. If we can only let go of our desire for the present moment to be a certain way other than it is, then we can find the unexpected answers of what is actually now. So, if you will join us, we will begin with one minute of silence, and you can use this minute in whatever way you like, with your eyes closed, sitting, eyes open, standing, or walking, or driving in your car. We only ask that you return to what is actually happening right now in this moment, to reset the momentum of the day, and open up to just this. After this minute, Sakab and I will explore whatever arises between us. We identify themes of our exploration as we go, and then Sakib finishes with a short guided meditation based on the themes that arise in the session. And now let's enter one minute of silence together as we explore what is now really. And you'll hear a bell to start and end this one minute of your day. I was just noticing the the relief of returning to you could call it stillness or just returning to nothing. Mm -hmm. Noticing a feeling like there's a kind of a rush of a day of stuff that is maybe on the surface of something and get like caught up in that rush of stuff that goes throughout to the end of the day Mm -hmm. and the possibility of at any point being able to drop beneath the 
all the that movement down to something that is exactly the same as earlier in the day or maybe at any point in time that is just totally still and is unmoved by any of that rush but mm -hmm. it takes remembering to like slow down and come back to it and it's always there and to me it was no i was noticing how much of a relief it felt like to remember and just be in that space mm. and, and i noticed the desire to stay there even longer mm -hmm. and uh, is that like a choice for you in which uh, you are going through the day do you find time to make that choice and just come to the moment or is it uh when your day is over when your work is over then it happens or do you do that regularly during the day as well it seems like that's that's probably what i would call quote unquote the practice um mm -hmm. of maybe all of this stuff that we're talking about to me it's just making that more and more of a of an automatic reflex that i feel to remember to come back to that throughout the day like that's mm -hmm. the life-changing practice for me um, mm. i see like maybe a meditation practice in the morning is is, is like is bathing in that in in some way mm. and making it sort of developing your your intimacy with it for that day and then the real practice is throughout the day to continually as many times as you can remember that thing and come back with it and sort of maintain that that line at the bottom throughout mm -hmm. the day um mm -hmm. so i would say yeah that, that probably just makes up the essence of it's like the main thing that i'm trying to do in life i would say is just remember mm -hmm. that as much as i possibly can mm -hmm. it, it makes me think of the we might have talked about this before it's at least my understanding of of like of the most direct translation of of that word sati which mm. has been translated as mindfulness mm. um, but that maybe a kind of more basic or or pure translation would be something like to remember or to keep in mind and that's how i've interpreted it anyways it's just like just the effort it takes to remember something that's always there and it's so easy to lose sight of with all of the movement of life and all of the constant like development of the the individual personality the the continual effort to remember that thing that always was beneath all of that stuff and still totally is there in its in its most pure form if i can mm -hmm. only remember to keep slowing down and coming back to it mm -hmm. hmm, that's funny hold on one second sure and just for anyone that is listening, something that just happened to me is uh, I got a phone call and came in to the space with us together and it moved Sakib off my screen and and into a call, which <laughs> interrupted the momentum of wherever I was a few moments ago. And now we're here. And <laughs> so in this moment, there's the possibility to like allow that potentially to disrupt me in any way or to just see that as another 
essentially the same manifestation of of this and there's nothing wrong with it and hmm. it is equally the same as everything else and my opportunity is to practice on on that and not see that as a distraction or a movement away from uh what we're really doing here um and maybe even as a teacher like that phone call just came in to teach me to remember to not react to my experience to not interpret it in some sort of way uh, that is negative but just to be open to it and that even can be a reminder to me to get out of the way right now and stop and just like experience what's happening mm -hmm. also it's just kind of nice i just noticed that phone call was from my wife's brother chad who mm -hmm. i is a, a really awesome person and mm -hmm. i haven't talked to him in a while and i look forward to talking with him later mm -hmm. What's all, I just, I've gone in like a, a bunch of different ways and have just shared a lot. What, what are you hearing? No, I, I uh, as this phone call came for you, I just, a, a thought popped in my mind and I was thinking that how to experience uh, the now when there is a disruption. Uh, usually we experience the now and, you know, there is this, a good feeling about the now when someone says, okay, let's get into the now, let's be mindful. It's like a beautiful feeling in which we start observing, you know, the beautiful aspects of existence, maybe nature, maybe birds, uh, mountains, trees, our own presence. But now let's say if there is a disruption in that and something comes in, which is like, you know, something like a surprise or rather a shock, <laughs> And how do we, how do we experience that now? So that's like all together a new exploration. And I'm sure that, you know, we are so uh, fortunate to live in parts of the world where we live in peace, but there are so many parts of the world where there is a lot of disruption. Uh, there is violence, there is every day something or the other happening. So now also the question comes that, how do they experience the now and how is their experience different from our experience who are not experiencing that disruption on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting question. And mm. usually what happens is that what, what, what I see and what, I, what happens to me as well is whenever there is a disruption like that, then the, the awareness goes away from the now to a thought that why is this happening? You know, something like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Or uh, this shouldn't be happening because we kind of are fixed to an idea of the present moment that the now should be like this. Mm -hmm. uh, but that actually takes us away. So maybe our practice can evolve if we can, if that happens and still we are able to be with it and totally experience it in the moment. Hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, so maybe... Uh a really valuable opportunity to notice the automatic thinking mind mm. is, is in that situation. Maybe if you're at a, a, a place of stillness and relaxation and openness and silence, it's easier to maybe notice the thinking mind than to step back from it. You provided a visual some time ago. It might've just been with you and me, I don't know if on the podcast or not, mm -hmm. of this maybe ex like meditative experience of 
kind of dropping back. Uh, I'm holding my hands together and, and gradually moving them apart. And there's mm -hmm. this experience of dropping back maybe from your thoughts or sensations and just kind of feeling yourself as this pure witness of everything. Mm -hmm. And maybe in, in silence or even in conversation here together, when we feel in the flow of things, it might be easier to kind of drop back into that together. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if something like that, something that's felt as a disruption or is you know, not related to this thing that's happening right now, which certainly that call could have felt that way and mm -hmm. did in the moment feel that way. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that triggers, especially like the entrenched thinking mind to mm -hmm. see that. Cause I, I noticed immediately it was like, I always put my phone on airplane mode before this. And I even remember doing it. So mm -hmm. what's happening here. And I, I go through the steps of what could possibly be different about this time and like, uh, oh shit, you know, now this thing is interrupted and <laughs> hasn't happened before here. What, like, what, how am I going to respond to this in the moment? And that's all me thinking about it and interpreting. Mm -hmm. And I, what, it feels to me like we've created this really sort of beautiful situation for each other where there's mm -hmm. talking about like a reflex of returning to now. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, we're here. There is no real plan here. There's nothing that we're supposed to be talking about. There's nothing that anything is really distracting us away from. So this is just as importantly something that we can talk about um, yeah. as anything else. And I can just use this as an, as an opportunity to, to explore together. What's it like to receive a phone call in the, the middle of something that feels really important to you? And that you have people listening and you're, you're worried maybe about what they are going to think about this experience. And so we can kind of peel back the layers and look at that together. Like yeah. I'm wondering what it's like for the listener right now, hearing that initial thing happening, if there was any pause, they might be, they might have been interpreting in their mind, like what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And then what it's been like for us to explore this openly together it's, it's making me even think of other things like a dog barking or mm. other sounds or uh, things like that. I, I know that, that my dog has barked in the past during your guided portion of the mm. sessions. And mm. I've, I've wondered uh, what that experience might be like for the listener. They're like, can't you edit this out or something? <laughs> uh, and which you could, uh, but I guess, and so it's maybe a valuable time to address this now is mm. that to me feels like it's it's maybe equally as important as the words that you're speaking there in the moment because it's no different ultimately it's just what's happening now and yeah. the dog barking might even be a, a teacher again that mm. is helping you to notice your resistance and your desire for this moment to be a particular way mm. and then it can be a, a teacher to help you return to oh that's also equally just this yeah no i'm so i'm so thankful to this teacher today you know the phone call that came for you because it gave us a totally new experience mm. of uh, how to experience the now and previously we would not have such kind of uh, interruption and uh, it would be like experiencing it, experiencing it in a certain way and that has been beautiful but this is even more exciting that something new has come up for us today and see that how we experience the now because it reminds me of, of of a question that someone asked to me because 
I was doing a session on uh, on the present moment and now and awareness. And that person asked, I don't remember the name of that person. That person asked that, okay, let's say you are saying that now is beautiful, but what if my now is not beautiful? Mm-hmm. What if uh, I'm not liking the now, then why should I stay in the now? And that was an interesting question. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, I remember answering to him something like, I was like kind of taken aback from that question. I was think I, you know, it, it, it made me think that, okay, you know, that is a very valid question. And how, how do, how do we look at such, such a situation where someone is experiencing pain in the now? And then it made me realize, and I answered to him and made me realize that maybe the pain is there. However, when we start thinking about it, then it turns into suffering. You know, it's maybe our idea, the label or judgment that we give to that pain that, okay, this now, in this now I'm experiencing pain in my knee. But what do I... Like, what do I label it as? If I label it as something terrible, that will make me suffer in this moment. Oh, this is something terrible happening to me or, you know. But maybe we can label it as something, as a teacher or, you know, something that can help us work on ourselves and maybe as an opportunity to start looking at our own health and start taking care of our body. So in that case, it becomes something wonderful, which is a teacher giving us the opportunity to work on ourselves. So I think the suffering doesn't come. The suffering is not there. The pain is there, but it turns into suffering when we start giving labels to it. Hmm. It was, this is not fully formed yet, but I was just wondering as you were describing it, how the suffering might be related to how much we don't really want to listen to the teacher. Hmm. Um, like there, for example, you were talking about how this might be a teacher that's that's reminding you, telling you to take care of yourself, mm. maybe in a in a different way, and that's maybe something that you know and and deeply you want to, but there's another part of you that doesn't want to, um, for whatever reason, um, mm. or or maybe it could have to do with diet or something or, or sleep mm. or prioritizing sleep or meditating even or um, Hmm. remembering to pause yourself when you feel yourself in conflict because you're going to end up saying something that you regret and that doesn't really reflect how you feel in this moment but there's the part of you that wants to do those things and that doesn't want to listen to these teachers Hmm. Um, I'm I'm just thinking now might be really valuable to 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 look at who that is who is that i that is resisting the the lesson that is being provided right now Mm. Um, and what the conflict is like between that that observer and the lesson that's being provided from this moment Mm. versus what would be a potential total openness and um, connection with the teacher in any given moment. It could be a, a dog bark or a phone call or uh, or pain or whatever it might be. 
mm. that there's maybe a, a stance or an attitude of teach me um i'm here in this moment and and you are what is here uh mm. so i'm going to listen to you uh, versus uh i i don't want this lesson i don't i there's some resistance in me to this thing that is here and is happening mm. i'm just wondering how much that is related to what you might call suffering mm. no i totally uh, i think uh, that resonates with me because i also feel that it is the resistance that causes more suffering i have i think you you said that or you know have heard this from so many people uh, although i am yet to experience that that uh, when there is you know for example I, uh, when we are sitting in meditation there is pain you know somewhere and when you keep observing that pain that pain tends to go away i don't know how true that is uh, uh, because i haven't i i did not develop the courage yet to do that because what happens is whenever i would observe the pain it it will increase mm-hmm. but uh, one of my teachers told told me that keep on doing that keep on observing it will increase at a certain point and then it will start declining and then it will go away you know there is this mm-hmm. impermanence to to that pain uh so maybe observing it and not having that resistance just observing it as it is can lead to uh it going away the way you know we say like like a ghost wherein we are we don't want to look at the ghost and the ghost keeps scaring us but when we turn our face towards the ghost the ghost you know loses its power and goes away something like that maybe mm-hmm. have you had that experience i have had that with with physical pain i i have had that experience but i and i can also totally understand someone not wanting to continue to sit with it yeah because uh, it's like well no i don't want to do this yeah. uh, and if you have the option to to move or to make it feel better momentarily uh i understand deciding to do that to take care of yourself mm-hmm. uh but i can say just from my own experience that that is something that i've i've gone through at, on, on several occasions but most most specifically and intensely at the monastery. I'm not sure if I've talked about that before mm-hmm. here with you of, because when I go there and for anyone that hasn't heard me mention that before, I, I go to this monastery or have been going every year up until the pandemic to this, uh, it's a, a Rinzai Zen monastery and I don't identify as, as Buddhist, but it's just this place that I've found that is a really awesome opportunity to dive into self-awareness practice and just, meditation practice mm-hmm. so when you're there you, you you're doing sitting practice for several hours a day it could be up to like eight to ten hours of of sitting mm-hmm. in hour hour chunks uh or so and i inevitably will be in incredibly excruciating physical pain when i'm there mm-hmm. uh and and as i've been there i've been encouraged like kind of like what you just said to sit with that pain and use it as an object of awareness also mm. to listen to your body if it feels like you're injuring yourself mm. then to to pull back or to use a chair you you have the option to use a chair when you're there and that's mm. certainly something i've considered uh but for whatever reason i decided to keep going mm. um and using it as an object of interest mm. and uh, uh, there have been several several times where this has happened but one in particular where it was just so incredibly excruciating 
And, and my strategy was to just keep focusing on the sensation of the breath uh, as like as the thing that was gonna keep me together, or get me through it. Uh, but it reached a point where it just, I just gave up. I mm. just, it, it wasn't so much like I transcended through like stillness or through the ability to stay with the breath or to just to keep noticing um, mm. with objectivity. It, it was more like, I just have nothing left to give against this, this pain that is like killing me right now. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that led to a moment of kind of complete giving up of any resistance to the pain and just letting it sort of, I don't know what this even means, internally letting it just take over me. Mm-hmm. And in that experience, there was a shift where it all just became sensation. Like it was just this buzzing and pulsing through all of my body that was no longer bad or good. Although it did sort of feel kind of amazing. It just became this like overpowering sensation that wasn't located in any any one particular spot Mm -hmm. where previously it would just be all located in, oh my God, my back hurts so much right now, or it's my knees, they're going to fall apart or my ankles it's just it's like so hot like it feels like they're gonna fall apart or snap off Mm. and but it was like through this total giving up of any resistance something shifted where it was just all sensation and Mm. there was no longer quote-unquote pain because in that moment pain would be a concept it would be an abstraction from simply what i'm experiencing right now which inherently doesn't have any evaluation of good or bad until I assign it with my separate self that is not that is separate from this experience Hmm. Uh, so something shifted there and then I was able to sit for like another half an hour in in that space without any resistance whatsoever Hmm. Um, and in that space so much I remember just being kind of overwhelmed with what you could call joy or you I was I was thinking of all of the kind of different people in my life that I really care about and mm. just just felt a, a lot of positivity towards them and just like mm. gratefulness for the their roles in my life and wishes for them to be happy and also it was interesting like a letting go of any attachment to them being happy mm. uh, I, I didn't feel like it was my responsibility for them to be happy but I just felt very much uh, a, a wishing without attachment for mm. their happiness. Mm. Um, so to, in a long-winded form of responding to your question, I would say, yes, I have had that experience. Mm. And, and kind of, I think the big takeaway for me is the way that has impacted my experience of like anxiety or, or fear in life. Uh, it was almost like a reprogramming of my internal hardware that on a deep level, I know that I can withstand and get through anything, uh, any possible experience. I, I, I feel as though I've been through and sort of subjected myself to the, the most intense physical pain I could possibly feel. And mm. so it's, it, there's a way in which anything that I have a resistance to, there, there's zero fear in my mind that I won't be able to handle it. Even if there's a lot of internal like thought-based resistance that I don't want this, there's mm-hmm. not the accompanying, I don't know if I can, if I will be able to do it. I know that I can. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that comes from that experience of internally giving up all resistance to something that feels almost like death 
and mm. then just continuing to stay with it. Um, mm. So yeah, and, how's and that sounding to you? I'm curious to know, like, how, where is your awareness at this point of time? Like, uh, there is, you mentioned the awareness on the breath, and then we were also discussing the awareness on that particular part of the body where the pain is, but that letting go, what happens to the awareness? Where does it go or is it not there? How is that awareness experience? That's a good question. I, my best guess at describing it in that moment is that the any sort of notion of a distinction between me and and my experience mm. had had dissolved. So mm. there was just just feeling, really. Oh, so basically, what you're saying is the way uh, you know when we put awareness to that particular thing, it's like there is an awareness and there is an object, uh, but when you let go of any like idea or resistance, then it's like the object and the awareness becomes one. Is it, is it like that? Am I getting it correctly? I would say it's a yeah, great description of what I'm attempting to describe. Mm. Uh, it, it makes me think of what, um, and I keep thinking of this book I'm currently reading. It always, I love reading books because it always infects like whatever I'm, I'm going through or talking about, it will always come up in my mind and reinforce whatever that thing is that I'm reading. But it's the this book, Be As You Are by Sri Ramana Maharshi. And mm. he, he references this notion of the I thought mm. and that the I thought is the root thought before anything else. And that there is this basic implied assumption of I before you add anything. I feel pain. I'm mm. looking at Sakib. I dot, dot, dot. Mm. Uh, and that there's the we have the ability to notice not only that second part, but more importantly, the, the first part to turn attention on the, that basic I thought hmm. and that the I that would feel in pain or, or whatever it might be. And then through looking directly at that, according to him, and I kind of believe this, if you really stop and look, you will not find that, that I that implied assumption I is, mm. is there. And mm. through that, there's the maybe just momentary dissolving of any distinction between the quote unquote I thought and my experience. It just mm. is whatever is right now. And mm. that's all of you. So it's, it then becomes impossible for there to be any resistance mm. against this because there's no separate you to be resisting something that's happening right now. It's mm. just this present moment is being filled up with whatever's happening right now. Mm. That's wonderful. And I think uh, maybe then that is the ego that is causing the pain, you know, the suffering. Uh, wherein, as you said, that this idea that this is I who is suffering here. But when we let go of that ego, then even the suffering dissolves because then there is nobody to suffer and uh, yeah this this brings me again to uh, I'm always curious about children you know babies who, who are just born that do they have this sense of I or mm -hmm. they just have they don't have this ego or they are this open awareness how does that function mm -hmm. in them it's so uh, amazing to know that because when uh, 
the way you said ramana maharshi said that you know this thought of i it is the, the root of it uh this ego then the child is not given when the child is born a baby is born is not given that thought of i so maybe how is the experience for a child uh is there suffering or not uh or is just an open experience of oneness what is that mm-hmm. so yeah this is a very interesting uh topic to delve into and i would love to read that book that you are reading uh, yeah. and and explore this further yeah it's it's a really it's a cool experience it's so repetitive and that's because i think the message is really so simple mm-hmm. but it it makes a lot of sense for for us to continue to refuse the message because that the i or the the quote unquote ego or whatever it is is so deeply it's my basic assumption of my existence um mm. yeah. which 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 makes me uh think back to that the notion of totally giving up of like because you know coming back to my breath it's like that's still the i thought that is coming back to mm. the breath to stay with this any longer uh but maybe it's only through just this total letting go like surrender kind of like we talked about in a, a couple of sessions ago with with Donna when we had the guest episode mm-hmm. uh, maybe only through letting go can that seeing through the this implicit assumption i thought happen um because it's like a, another thing that uh was mentioned in this book the this notion of attempting to exert effort to to transcend the ego or the mm. i thought mm. which is what all of his students are so badly wanting to do and he's just like you can't do that i'm sorry you know you have to just look at it and see that it doesn't exist uh, mm. but they want something to hold on to some set of practices to do in order to transcend it and mm. and he's something he said was that's like dressing up that's like dressing up the thief like the policeman and mm. and then having the the police that policeman try to catch the thief mm-hmm. um, so obviously he's going to keep you know looking but he can't find it because it's really the the thief is inside the the police person's clothes mm. uh but yeah um but maybe we're sort of doomed to that effort as long as we're trying to exert effort to try to do something to get to that place mm. um, yeah yeah totally Hmm. It also like uh, reminds me of uh, I think it was Nagarjuna who who is meditating with with monks and this, these monks are uh, one of the monks are asked the question that uh, how can I reach in enlightenment? I, I really want to reach enlightenment and I have this deep desire. And he said that you will you never will because you know unless and until there is this desire uh, or there is this effort. to to reach enlightenment uh this effort is is the attachment that is that is hold, holding uh that is not making you go there it's simply the idea of turning your awareness to it and uh you know realizing that you are enlightened mm-hmm. already it's mm-hmm. all it's just about experiencing that <laughs> i was just thinking of a an additional way of saying that answer which is just no uh because it's impossible for you to mm. to do that because that's implying you as someone that is separate from this that is going to receive enlightenment mm. so your hands are tied 
through that very effort. So no, you cannot gain enlightenment. It's mm -hmm. only through this noticing of the illusion of the you that is separate from enlightenment that is already here all the time. Mm -hmm. That is below the surface of all of that, maybe like those, that rush of stuff I was kind of talking about earlier mm -hmm. in, in our call today. Um, but I can understand that because that that's quite a sacrifice. Uh, it's very scary, actually. Like, yeah. uh, even if I think about it, then if I let go of this idea of I, then my awareness is like, then again, this thought of my awareness, you know, it's see, see the attachment there mm -hmm. that I'm saying my awareness, but the awareness is like everywhere or, you know, it's, I, it's, it's so, uh, because we aren't, we aren't used to that and we are conditioned so much. It's uh, so strange to think about it because we don't know how that experience is, mm. you know, to just not have this I or, uh, yeah. Because as soon as you, till the time we have these physical uh, body and the physical senses, the eyes, you know, the nose, there is this strong sense of I because it is, it is knowing that it, it is experiencing with these senses that we get this idea, okay, I am in this body and, you know, mm -hmm. I have my eyes, I am looking through these eyes. But to kind of let go of that would be kind of letting go of even this separate body. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a very uh, scary and interesting at the same time. Yeah. To, to me, it, it feels like there are just those two different ways to see it. One is incredibly liberating mm. and freeing. Mm. And the other is maybe terrifying because yeah. it means the, the letting go of something that has been kind of the very bottom framework of you for your whole life. And your whole life has been built up on this notion of me, uh, me that does things and experiences things and gets things and has people accept or not me and does all these things that maybe you might see so much of the suffering that is caused by your attachment to this but also that could be potentially the lesser of two evils of no longer having it mm -hmm. you know, i wonder if that maybe keeps so many of us away from this experience that is that maybe is called enlightenment uh, yeah. and that could be incredibly liberating and, and in some way like get you everything you wanted. But then the, the, the crux is that there's no you to, you can't carry along that you to get those things, even though you'll, you, maybe you'll have them. Uh, mm -hmm. This is where language fails because mm -hmm. you have to still call you, you in a way, but maybe you turn into the, the uppercase you and you're no longer the, the lowercase you that wanted all these things mm -hmm. or maybe the transition happens and you realize that you actually don't want all of these things because you see that there's no you to get them in the first place and that's the relief that you feel uh, mm. there's no longer a desire to pursue these things mm. uh, the, i'm again curious about something and i think uh, this would uh, also be in the mind of the listener maybe that what does that experience feel like and like, I would ask you that, have you then, you know, again, this language is limitation because I have to say you here and uh, it, it for you to tell me that experience, you will have to conceptualize it. But the question is, 
have you experienced that mo- those moments of not being the i or not having that ego and how does it feel like if to just give an idea to the listener and it's so hard to say if that <laughs> is the case or not i wonder if it's if it is just something that can't ever be said and said. for mm-hmm. and for one to say it it's maybe uh communicates a lack of the actual hmm. experience i don't know uh i mean it makes me think of something that i in my mind and with my friends i refer to as holy shitness uh, <laughs> with, with an exclamation point and it's just a feeling of awe uh hmm. that will kind of dawn on me from time to time when i zoom out of maybe it's like or, or dropping down out so it's maybe a dropping down and a zooming out from that rush of the day. And mm. like at any moment it could happen, it could happen right now where I let go of the momentum of this conversation and just like, you know, take a second to open my eyes up, like maybe literally and figuratively and really see what is actually happening right now in this moment. It is bizarre. And I don't know how these words are being made and, and coming out of me. And I don't know how you're in Vancouver and hearing them at the same time. And it's just like a, a short circuiting of the thinking mind's ability to grasp the immensity of what is actually happening right now in this moment. Mm. So big and mm. so ungraspable. Mm. Uh, and and then it's like, oh, holy shit. Uh, just looking around and feeling and um, that's the best way that I could describe what my guess is at Mm. that thing and anything could trigger that experience. Uh, I think of a line from Jean Klein, which is all objects point to the ultimate. Um, And I think if you, if you look at anything in with that stance and for long enough, it can be a transporter into this feeling of just, wow, and there's mm-hmm. nothing else to be said. And there's no really, and I don't see there being an evaluation of good or bad there. It's just a unspeakable this. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe that's it, just this. Um, and really seeing and feeling and being a part of this without you as the separate sort of person to observe it. And then of course you rush right back into Mm-hmm. the the I thought that is like oh wow that was cool and I want to share with my friends about this thing um, that I just I had experience <laughs> right right yeah um, it also reminds me of what uh, Lao Tzu said that the Tao that can be described is not the eternal Tao mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I can totally understand that how difficult it becomes to then tell that experience so even if if I had those uh, glimpses. Uh, uh, then again, I'm using this word I, but if uh-huh. I had those experiences, I cannot describe them because there is no language for it. In fact, the language kind of becomes the thing that is limiting the experience. Uh-huh. And, you know, that is taking us away from that experience. So it, it's like a paradox here. <laughs> yeah. Another, another, how do you pronounce it? Laozi? Laozi. Yeah. Laozi. Loads another up. another line from him, I believe, is that all truth is paradoxical in nature. Mm. Uh, and so anytime you're using words, you know, you're you're having to abide by the rules of grammar, but mm. truth doesn't 
have to abide by those rules. And so it, yeah. it inherently breaks it. And so anything that is, is a real expression of truth maybe is paradoxical um, mm. in nature. But that to me is, that's a, a main part of why I love this so much here with you. Mm. It's like, uh, of course we can't actually, and we've said this before, like, of course we can't actually say the answer to what is now in yeah. words. It, that the, the, the real answer would probably just be sitting here for an hour and maybe that would be even better. Uh, <laughs> but it's so fun for me at least to to try you know and yeah the, the pressure is is relieved because i don't have any illusion that we're going to come to some sort of answer here mm. but it's just fun to try and to try to get as close as possible yeah to something that feels like a real expression of yeah. of this yeah yeah totally totally uh love this experience and i think now maybe let's experience a meditation It sounds so, great. Let's see what comes up. I have no uh, idea in my mind what we will do today. Awesome. Let's see what comes up. Okay, so this is the last segment of the session in which we go through a guided meditation. So the listener can get into their meditative posture. And then if you want, you can close your eyes. And then as you close your eyes, you can relax your body. Relaxing your head. your neck, your shoulders, relaxing your chest, your abdomen, your arms, your hands, your back, your pelvis, relaxing your thighs, your knees, and then your calves and your feet. And as you relax your body, let's contemplate on this question. What is the I? What 
what is this thing that I call I, me or myself? Notice if it is anything solid. What is its texture, if there is any? Does it have a location? What is this eye? And just notice what is your experience when I say to you, there is no I. There is no separate self. What is the experience then? And then after having this experience, observing this body again,
and just check if check how this experience of body is now does this body still feel as something separate and i a self or is the experience different now And then in your own time, you can gradually open your eyes and come out of the meditation. I'll just say before we finish that when you said there is no I, for whatever reason, your presence became really big in my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anything necessarily to make of that, but it was, it was just kind of striking how when you said that there was a shift to my awareness of you becoming like very large. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, my experience was that I had this sense of expansion wherein Initially, I was feeling that, okay, this is my location where I'm sitting in this body here. But then there was this sense of expansion where I experienced the traffic outside. I experienced like the birds. I experienced you. Mm-hmm. And there was this uh, kind of, it was as if that as soon as I asked this question, the, the awareness started expanding in all directions. Mm-hmm. And I thought that maybe if I, if I keep letting it go, if I just don't hold on to that eye, then maybe it it will expand to infinity, Mm. you know? (laughs) So yeah, interesting experience. Very interesting and how that sort of interacted with my experience of you Mm. expanding uh, via (laughs) via saying that. Um, Because I I really know it was a noticeable shift of feeling you becoming larger. Um, wow wow that's wonderful like me experiencing that and you experiencing that knowing that at the same time it's it's wonderful there's something to it (laughs) yeah it's kind of maybe interesting to think outside of time too when the listener experiences this and to feel you sort of still expanding in in that moment and outside of that being any different than now because it is now Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah well thanks uh, as always for being willing to do that impromptu it's uh, really a cool thing and a privilege for me to be uh, a recipient of it at the end of each time no it is it's totally my pleasure and loved the time with you today in this session me too uh, I'll see you and uh, be with you all soon see you take care 
Thank you for joining us in the What Is Now experience. We hope that you liked the episode. If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation, then you can share those ideas through your comments. We would love to know. Stay tuned for the next episode. Namaste.